Welcome to the Relational Recovery Podcast. I'm your host, Wes Thompson, joined by my co-host, Austin Hill. Today, we're in part two in our conversation. We hope you enjoy. And so uh, that that progressed and into my late teenage years, um, you know, the internet came along and uh, porn was a huge uh, thing that I, I didn't I didn't even know. I mean, I, I remember um, the first time I was exposed to porn was in a, a bathroom at a fireworks store, like in the condom dispenser. And I saw it and I was like, oh, that's pretty amazing. Never, but had no idea that, you know, that that would set me on a trajectory. And I can still kind of, even today, smell that. I, anytime I walk into a bathroom of like a gas station, the smell uh, of a bathroom, a gas station bathroom still brings back the memory of that, that memory. It's wild how that works. But that began in me, uh, kind of a hunger um, for something, a curiosity that I had that was at that stage, honestly, pretty innocent, but yet without any coaching and also with not knowing how to talk about any shame that I felt or uh, also being very good already at hiding what was going on inside, then that just sort of fed this this addiction. And so porn, porn addiction for me um, started at about, um, you know, really probably about 15 or 16 years old. Before that, I was hiding things and trying and uh, trying to discover stuff and looking at the JCPenney catalog and things like that, like with a uh, with big eyes. Uh, but then that continued into um, into a full on porn addiction once the internet came on. And so, enter into college and high sc- or high school, then college, and it just kept going. And I reached out for help, um, but the the statement for me um, that I heard was. Hey, don't talk about that. And um, thanks for telling me. Don't talk about that anymore. And or uh, and don't tell anybody else. Um, really? Don't do that anymore. That's what it was. Hey, thanks for telling me. Don't do that anymore. And never tell anybody else. And that was the it, that was the entire conversation. Oh my goodness. Um. So no, no, no help, no coaching, and that was in high school. In college, I brought it. It got more intense for me. Um, and, and so I brought it up again and, uh, so in, in, in sort of the same kind of, I brought it up to, to my dad and sort of the same deal, um, came back to me, uh, same kind of conversation really. And then, um, and then when I was 21, uh, I found out my dad had been lying to me, um, about some things. It was on a phone conversation and I discovered at that point. There was, and I unearthed the family story uh, that w- that had to do with a lot of um, sexual impor- impropriety and um, and a lot of just a lot of lying. And so, in that, that really hurt. There was a lot of pain, and the way I knew to deal with pain was look at porn. And so, even though I was pissed at my dad for for his impropriety the way I was dealing with my pain was my own impropriety. And I just kind of kept that cycle going and kept hiding it. And even though I was pursuing ministry at this point and was kind of like on the track to, to, to doing a a pastoral residency at a church plant in DC, I was still hiding all of that and kind of going through externally continuing the performance internally a, a wreck. And so that I'll fast forward a lot of different things in there that God brought into my life to, to sort of wake me up. And I kept sleeping. I kept hitting the snooze button. Don't want to wake up yet. Don't want to wake up yet. 
Um, and frankly, you know, in some ways, maybe I wasn't ready. To, I just wasn't ready to wake up yet. I don't know that I could have woken up if I, you know, I think God was, I say God was trying. And, and I think he was, it was just mainly him reminding me that he was there. He was pursuing me. He wasn't leaving me. Um, and that even though I might not have been able to receive his love in that moment, the way he wanted me to, that he wasn't going away. Um, but I wasn't ready. And, uh, that led all the way up until uh, just a really dark, dark time, uh, in about 2013. So probably about 10 years ago. Um, it was, maybe it was, it would have been 20, 2012. So yeah, uh, I guess 11 years ago. Um, I was working uh, for a company and they had sent me to another city to, uh, from Louisville, away from Louisville to work for about a month. And I was away from my family. I was in a hotel room and just reached an all-time low in this battle. I've been fighting so hard by myself alone for so many years. Again, the theme was don't talk about this and don't tell anybody else about this. Or don't do that and don't tell anybody else about this, but I couldn't stop. And, uh, and so I just, I was at an all time low and very close to, I mean, the closest I'd ever been to thinking about just ending it all. Um, didn't know how I was going to do it, but I was there. I mean, I was in that space and, um, and God, God met me there and, uh, and saved me through a seminary professor who called, called me and, uh, didn't, didn't know anything that was going on, but we had a phone conversation that was life-saving and he, wow. he had no idea. Um, and so that, yeah, that conversation set me on, uh, I was, I had known Rich and Jim at that point. I had started doing some counseling. I was starting to kind of pay attention to some things, but still had never told anybody about the porn addiction. Didn't think they would accept me if, you know, if I, if they knew. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Relational Recovery Podcast. We'll be back tomorrow with part three in our conversation. We'll see you then.